golden sun. Welcome to Flashed, a Flashed Gordon fan cast where we take the time to watch the movie Flash Gordon from 1980 once a week and review it and just kind of descend into whatever happens. My name's Alexander Peters and I'm joined by my best buddy, Caleb Dirksen. Hey, Alexander Peters. I'm your best buddy, Caleb Dirksen. Um, me and Alexander are both uh, sleepy time boys on opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, right now it's early morning Vancouver uh, for Alex and late night uh, Seoul for Caleb. Um, so we're both, you know, snuggled up in our jammies. Um, but we're thinking of the uh, we're thinking of the skies. I'm thinking of the planet Mongo and I'm gonna dream about Flash tonight. And it's a very uh, the it's a very atmospheric film. It lends itself nicely to dreams. So that's uh, that's a nice little incentive as well. So you were uh, you were telling me that uh, you had an entirely different experience this time around than the first time you watched this movie. I've got to say I had a, a total spiritual awakening. And first of all, I think um, the fans are probably going to be so angry with us because uh, I felt like I was way too harsh on Flash Gordon last time. I think I criticized the writing. I think I criticized Dale. I think I criticized a lot of things. Um, and looking back... Um, well, I'm not going to give my rating yet because that's an end of the pod thing. But mm-hmm. um, this movie was perfect. And here's the, okay, well, here's the secret. Here's the secret to Spiritual Awakening. Last time, I may have found it on a less than legal website <laughs> with not very high quality. Um, and I may have watched it on TV. And I may have had my wife sitting beside me asking me questions about the movie the whole time. Also, Danica did see it with you. The first time. And she's like, who's that guy? What's that? Why does this look so bad? And I'm like, it doesn't. You're wrong. And this time I put the the headphones on. I put the subtitles on. And I put the uh, HD Blu-ray edition on. And it was crispy, clean, and perfect. This movie is amazing. It's amazing what a nice, uh, what a better quality of it will do for you. And uh, turned on, if you turn on subtitles, you catch so much more as well, um, because a lot of these lines are uh, kind of mumbled away from the camera, and you just don't hear them. Uh, but then when you read them, it adds a whole new context to the certain some of the scenes. Just like I guess any old movie, the sound mix is always shit, right? Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Because uh, I also had a very different experience. Because this time, what I did was I uh, I ran myself a hot little bath. I had the day off, so I lit a lit a couple candles, had some Epsom salts in there. I sat the laptop up and I pressed play, and I just kind of went through the meditative experience. And I gotta say, that colored space, the ambient soundtrack. 
it all just it lends itself to that really well man this is very reassuring for the history of the podcast because uh i was very scared um that uh we would we would be driven to hate and i was scared that we'd be driven <laughs> to hate very quickly um i was thinking the same thing but i think like i've i found this is it's i gotta say it's spiritual i feel like i'm uh you know, like this, this weekly viewing is sort of a, a cycle of uh, death and rebirth. You know, every sixth day I die, and every seventh day when I watch this movie again, I'm reborn. You know, stronger, better, uh, more enlightened, uh, faster, even. What? So, what, what's what stood out to you on the on the second watch? What? Uh, what? What, I will what did you say, like? You, uh, I, uh, I believe, it the first time you'd mentioned that Zarkov was your favorite actor. Uh, in the uh, in the in the viewing, uh, what stood out to me this time around, not necessarily his acting, because naturally he's a phenomenal actor, um, but it as I was watching Zarkov do his thing, it connected in my head. This man is the true protagonist of the movie. Oh, okay. Are you reading my notes right now? I have this written down. <laughs> you <this>. do. <laughs> I wrote the exact. I have. I have. Zarkov is the true protagonist, and I wrote down a bunch of reasons why. I wrote. Oh, I have. I have Dr. Zarkov is the real hero, dot, 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 the puppet master. <laughs> okay, let's get into That's it, because so I, can, I can talk an hour about this. Okay, so he he's the dude with the history that ties into this story, right? He's the one who has his whole life leading up to the fact that mm-hmm. Ming is attacking Earth. Um, so he's prepared, he's ready for it, and he's ready to go. He's the reason... The inciting incident happens. He's the reason they fly into space to confront him. If he didn't do that, this movie wouldn't happen at all, right? And he's subjected to torture by the enemy and withstands it, which is a classic protagonist trope. Uh, like, he he recites human history and Beatles songs and stuff like that to keep his mind intact, which is heroic and valiant. And... Uh, He's the reason Earth will be truly destroyed, because if he hadn't flown into space, then Earth would be spared, in Ming's own words. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy that all of this is because of Zarkov. I'm shocked by, like, I mean, I know Flash is immediately set up as sort of, you know, a good-looking blonde, you know, he's an incredible football player. But, I mean, mm-hmm. Zar- Dr. Zarkov is a far more, uh, I guess, monumental character. This man literally survived the Holocaust which is established when they're brainwashing him and it shows, you know, like Hitler implying that, you know, he was, well, I mean, he is, a, <laughs> you know, he literally, this man literally survived the Holocaust, was right about the existence of aliens, then was blackballed from space agencies because he was right about the existence of aliens. But he was so, you know, in touch with his own convictions that he w- built the rocket and Here's the thing. He was going to go up on his own. Well, he was going to bring in his he assistant. Was. Well, he yeah, he designed a ship that needed an assistant. <laughs> <but> needed <laughs> two, two drivers. He was going to fight Ming alone. He mm-hmm. Flash wasn't even going to be there. Like, this, this is like Avengers Endgame. Like, Dr. Zarkov is, is moving the pieces around. Like, he's ready to go. I mean, he does say, I built the ship for friendship. See, even yeah. knowing the existence of aliens... He doesn't build a bomb. He builds a friendship ship. This man is incredible. A veritable friendship, yes. He's going to fly this thing into space and offer peace between the humans and whatever aliens are causing this. 
and he wasn't, you're right, he wasn't even going to take uh, Flash with him. He was just going to take Dale because she's lighter. Uh, and uh, Flash immediately assaults Zarkov, understandably. Uh, but uh, it's funny because, yeah, definitely through this watch through, I'm looking at Zarkov with new eyes and I'm like, it, I, I, pulling the gun on his assistant seemed less funny to me this time around and more like, that's just how convicted you are to make this right. Your whole life has been dedicated to this. And and I think the actor really sells it. He does a very good job. He's got two of um. Well, we always play this game, you know, best line. Um, and mm. I feel like it's mm-hmm. cheating because last time I picked uh no actually last time I picked the Emperor Ming line I said are your men on the right pills, um, but uh, I uh, this time I gotta say well two of them. Number one, uh, he talks to Ming. He says friendship built this to send in friendship i'm like oh you are my hero but this is what makes him even more of a hero this is the whatever uh this is the avengers endgame coming out dr zarkov is carrying a revolver into space and he's preparing to kill he's preparing to take his revolver out of his jacket and you know boondock saints saints style um, execute Emperor Ming in front of the Imperial Court, and Flash says, "Don't do it, Zarkov. You're crazy." And uh, Doctor Zarkov says, "It's a rational transaction. One life for billions." I'm like, "This man is." Uh, that was uh, just to put it out there. Just continuing along lines, rational transaction. That was my favorite line of uh, this viewing. Rational transaction, one life for billions. Uh, and the fact that it bookends the movie as well was just, ah, oh, chef's kiss. Before this year's out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut, even if it's not that good, I'm going to cut us an edit of this film. Zarkov only, no Flash, no Dale. <laughs> just, and we'll just watch the Zarkov scenes? Just one man flying into space, killing Ming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be, <laughs> I'm sorry to Sam J. Jones, but I mean, it's not his fault. You know, it's not his fault. It's like Zarkov is written as the, uh, I mean, it's easy to, uh, to miss it seeing as Flash Gordon is the name on the movie and, uh, the man on the cover and the name sung in the theme song over and over and over again. <laughs> Do you think he's this cool in the comics? Flash Gordon or Zarkov? Do you think Zarkov is as cool in the comics? I hope he is. I I hope so. I, I maybe I should uh, maybe I should read one or two of them uh, to to get a to get a feel of what they were originally like for source material. Probably a good idea if we're doing this as a project of descent, uh, dissecting the film. But could be. Yeah, we're gonna yeah before the well runs dry. Here, another yeah another good line from the scene because I'm just looking at my notes now. Um, like the when you actually read the subtitles you I, I guess i don't know maybe i was like i don't know i missed all these good lines the first time but this time what stood out to me again was uh emperor ming saying pathetic earthlings hurling your bodies into the void without the slightest so inkling good. of what is out there if you knew the true nature of the universe you would hide from it ah oh, that's it's, so good it's, it's so good because like and he has a lot of those where he just has something that sticks so well. And then there's just like 
scenes where he's standing there and says, I said stop at nothing! Uh, and it's just kind of... Okay, that fell really flat. But uh, he's got... It, it's just really hit or miss with Ming. But when it hits, it hits hard. Yeah, Ming is, Ming is really good. While I, was, while I was watching this movie, I was in a hot bath, right? And I was, I was just kind of... I didn't take a lot of notes because of that. But um, the execution scene in that environment with that soft music playing and the the swirling skyline in the background and just the shots they use it's very serene and calming for a death scene and uh, and we didn't really get into this uh last episode but uh after they arrive um on the the planet of mongo uh the uh uh, Flash Gordon immediately gets executed for causing a ruckus. He gets sent into a gas chamber. And uh, the music is so beautiful this entire time. As soon as the gas is released, you see his body go limp. Um, but the uh, everyone thinks he dies. He doesn't. Um, the doctor that does the uh, execution brings him back because he's in love with Princess Aura, who is a character we didn't really get into much last time either. She did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, that that whole scene was just it was probably it's probably the most relaxing scene in the entire movie is uh, the execution scene. Which is, uh, <laughs> in- is, it's interesting. And it's very relaxing because you think maybe Flash Gordon will die and Zarkov will take his place and then maybe Dale will go next. Um, <laughs> and it'll just be, you know, Lord Zarkov, uh, Prince of Earth. You know, uh, what do you think? What do you think Zarkov would have said if Ming offered him a kingdom? Oh, I don't think Zarkov would have broke. Or you don't think so? Maybe. Well, but at the same time, I think, you know, Zarkov made all these comments about, you know, the police state. Um, he knew he knew from the beginning. Again, he knew that because it, Ming runs a police state that everyone would be ripe to rebel. So I think maybe Zarkov would be a perfect uh, collaborator. You know, he would be in the front. He would be... Uh, Doing the Game of Thrones political intrigue. Yeah, see, I see that as well. I see Zarkov less as a altruistic hero and more of a man who's been um, snubbed by Earth so often that he might be willing to take the bait and uh, be like, well, I will keep them safe, but also I will show them a better way of living. But we're being way too hard on this. I mean, this is this is one one life for billions it's Dr. true and Yeah, that is that is very true. That's I, very good. I, I mean, and I'm not sure we can even you know even start to slander this man. <laughs> I'm glad we feel the same way. I uh, I found something out um, literally seconds before we started recording, and I don't know if I'm the only one in the world who hasn't heard of this. You might have, but uh, it turns out. In 2007, um, a Flash Gordon, a modern space opera, was a TV series that lasted for one season. Um, and it starred Eric Johnson, Gina Holden, and Karen Cleach. I don't recognize the other two names, but Eric Johnson, if you ever watched Smallville, um, he was... 
uh, one of the uh, f- football players. Uh, he was like the star quarterback uh, in that show. Um, I don't remember the character's name for the life of me, but that was that was the thing that he was most known for to me. I guess he was also in the new series Pretty Little Liars and Fifty Shades Darker, which is a bigger deal. Um, but uh, basically the series... Uh, was going to follow Flash Gordon and his um, experiences uh, throughout the different realms of uh, Mongo. Does it have Zarkov? Where's the Um, Zarkov at? Um, Is is this from the Modern Space Opera? Yeah, 2007, a Modern Space Opera. Zarkov was Jody Ratchikot. Oh, he... uh, one of the biggest things here is the Lizzie McGuire movie in 2003 <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, Final Destination 3. Uh, but it ran for a full season and got a 4.7 out of 10 on IMDb. I got to say, I'm playing the trailer right now. This looks fucking bad. It looks to me, it's like the, the there's got to be a word for this, but um, what do you, it's like when you have this, a show... Uh, and it's usually like on CW and it's supposed to be set in dystopia or future or whatever and they have all normal people and then they'll throw in like one like sci-fi artifact and that's like the set building for the show. Do you know what I mean? Mm. They're like, mm-hmm. here I am in my normal living room, but I have a laser TV, you know, that's, yeah, that's what this trailer I, looks like. I'm not watching a trailer. There's a scene of it in imdb and it's so serious holy cow it doesn't feel like flash gordon it feels like a a teen drama like the oc or something like that huh but also i'm seeing uh some of the episode synopsis ming's troops are on a mission to steal ice from friga that's also what intrigued me about this movie again Last time we hinted about we hinted at you know the expanded world. This time I was noticing all these like little clues, little threads where um, Phrygia is terrifying. Yeah, lots of Phrygia talk, war on Phrygia, yeah. treasure on Phrygia. The emperor's gonna send his daughter to Phrygia. So yeah, that's like uh, I guess hell. Basically. Yeah, or, or like Winnipeg. <laughs> uh, 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 little Canada burn. Yeah. Hey, look at that. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it was interesting because like it's it's not explained um to the viewer like these other places, but Arborea and Phrygia, I'm I'm assuming I'm going to learn more of them as we continue to watch, but those were the two I picked up on for sure this time around. Um the uh it everything seems fairly hostile. Um, there doesn't seem to be like uh, anything that's super nice, except for maybe Princess Aura's pleasure moon, um, uh, built for two. <laughs> <laughs> and the, they also talk about the galaxy of pleasure, where Ming's love potion is from. Can we go right. to the galaxy of pleasure? I'd love to go. I'd it's, love to it'd go. It'd be with fascinating you. because I would also love to know why Princess Aura knows her father takes a pleasure potion every night before he makes love. That that stood out to me too. It did. Again, this it's, we've talked about this in the last episode, but the um, some of the undertones here. Well, the subtext. I think we can assume that it's text. You know. 
yeah, it's it's pretty up to the front, up front and center. Uh, we didn't talk about Princess Aura much last time around. Her, she's the daughter of Meng, and immediately she's captivated and smitten with Flash Gordon, uh, and she needs to have him, uh, which is um, interesting. Uh, but she she orchestrates his survival of his execution and brings him back to life which can we just say flash gordon if he if he has a superpower it's the fact that he's the luckiest son of a bitch in the world um because he has his life saved on multiple accounts by outside forces um princess aura saves him at one point prince baron saves him from the monster uh in the forest immediately after prince baron saves him he's about to shoot him and he gets saved by the hawkmen uh, by a blaster shooting Prince Baron's blaster out of his hand. And it's just constant. He would have died crashing into the field of lightning, but that gets brought down by Prince Baron as well. And it's just over and over and over. This man should not be alive by the end of the movie. But it, all by the grace of Zarkov. Hail Zarkov. All by the grace of Zarkov. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Princess Aura orchestrates his life, uh, his staying alive, and gets him off the planet. Uh, and she wants to send him to her pleasure moon to be able to uh, have her way with him. Um, but I feel like there's a little bit more to it than that because she doesn't take him straight there. She takes him to, uh, what is it, Aboria? Uh, yes. And gives him to Prince, Prince Baron Prince and Baron's says kingdom. that he'll, he'll look after you. And I'm like interesting so obviously you're not a fan of your father either if you're putting up his biggest threat with um someone who might possibly work with him i can only assume that yeah because i assume she had to make a quick trip to aboria a quick trip back home oh yeah uh, it might be a matter of distance uh because they seem to be like monitoring her a lot there's a there's a point while she's bringing flash to uh aboria uh it's revealed to Ming that Flash is still alive because of um, Dale's conversation with Zarkov and Zarkov, who's been allegedly brainwashed, but he's also being monitored. So while Dale tells Zarkov all this stuff, Ming is now made aware of the fact that um, Flash is still alive and he gives Clytus express permission to find out where Flash is and who saved him by any means necessary. And Zarkov takes this as the go-ahead to torture princess aura so he takes princess aura and has her chained to a table and is uh torturing her to get information out of her but to her credit she's not breaking uh she doesn't give away anything she's like your jealousy of me has made you mad you have no idea what you're talking about which i think is really cool uh and then he says bring out the boar worms which we never see and she says not um, the boar worms father no. Yeah, and the boar worms is what breaks her. Uh, we find out later. Uh, so I was like, what are these boar worms? Why are they so scary? So I googled them because there's lore for everything in this. <gasps> really? Yeah. Uh, and boar worms, um, essentially, what they are, they're an alien uh, worm from Aboria. Uh, and they're... Uh, what they do is they burrow into your ear and lay eggs inside your brain and they go out the other side. Uh, so finding a way to weaponize that without killing you would be friggin' terrifying. Uh, so I can imagine the horror. I would, uh, I would not know that, that, that I don't like that at all. 
It made me very uncomfortable and ruined and ruined my bathing experience. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's so funny. Another piece from the Expanded Universe. Um, this time I paid attention. Uh, Voltan's daughter, Voltan, Voltan, mm-hmm. never shows up again. Her life is threatened oh. in the beginning. She never shows up again. What happened to this girl? I kind of have to assume that uh, Ming kills her in a deleted scene. And that's oh, kind yeah. of what galvanizes uh, Voltan. I can yeah, that, that would make sense. Especially considering uh, the fact that he was super not willing to and then he changes his mind on a dime. Um, but I guess he did see his whole kingdom blow up too. So that's kind of hmm. an incentive, if nothing else. Or maybe Dr. Zarkov killed Voltan's daughter and blamed Ming on it. After all, it's a rational transaction. puppet master. One life for billions. We had talked about the fact that, like, um, a lot of the weapons here are, like, you have a bunch of blasters, but you also have a bunch of clubs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But the the movie's so well put together, it even explains that, uh, which I didn't even catch it on the first time. Because Zarkov and the Hawkman, they're talking about how they're not ready to fight Ming because their weapons aren't uh, aren't good enough. They need another year of preparation. So they're stuck with these clubs with only a few blasters. They're the only ones clubbing people. Uh, and uh, so Ming's this is men a deliberate, all have blasters. Uh, this is del- he's deliberately keeping his uh, his kind of his peasants in the dar- in the uh, technological dark. Yeah. Huh. I think. Yeah. I think we I think we owe the uh, writer an apology. Who yeah, let me find who wrote this movie. Screenplay by Lorenzo Semble Jr. Lorenzo on behalf of Alexander and myself. Oh, he's he died in 2014. Um to the family of Lorenzo. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said the writing was bad. It's actually very good. When I grow up, I hope I'm as good of a as good as a writer as you are. We are sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa! You know what else Lorenzo wrote? Ooh, what else did Lorenzo write? The 1966 Adam West live-action Batman TV series. That's why it feels like it does. It does. Okay, that's that's fascinating. So if you just swapped out Flash Gordon with Adam West. It would be a very similar delivery with a lot of these things. Oh my god! And I, I can see it now. Uh, Adam Adam West is Flash Gordon, is Batman, but then Zarkov is like I don't know Lex Luthor. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, Lorenzo, I'm sorry, buddy. I love I love 1966 uh, Adam West Batman. So okay, well then now we got to talk about something else. We gotta we gotta get into bat talk for a second. Batman. There's this whole thing about how people think Adam West was dumb for playing Batman because Batman is like so goofy, goofy and campy. But Batman mm. is by design. That series was by design goofy and campy. Like people yeah. thought that they were trying to be seri- serious but failing and being stupid. But they were, yeah. trying, they were trying to be goofy and they succeeded. Yeah, they leaned into that really hard. But people didn't understand. So is all the camp in this film totally intentional? I guess. It must be. Should we, um, speaking of writing... Should we play our favorite episode game? Uh, worst actor, best actor? Yeah, let's do it. Just, was, to, uh, just to remind you, yeah. last time uh, I picked Zarkov as best actor. So I kind of I got the best one out of the gate early, I guess. Uh, I, uh, and I picked Baron. He was my best actor. 
Um, for, for worst actor, I picked Flash. No, you picked Flash. I and picked I picked, Flash. I picked, you I picked, picked Dale. Dale. Yeah. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll start with my worst actor this time around. Um, and my, my worst actor this time around is Ming's beard. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> it's so oily. It's a character all its own and it's constantly bobbing back and forth. And I couldn't take my eyes off it any, at, like at all the entire time. It was almost hypnotic. Uh, and, um, that is who I put forward for worst actor this time around very fair um my best actor i'd have to say is uh voltan i just love when he's on screen uh and he was uh he's always a treat and i just uh i'm just so so excited to see him he does a great job i'd have to say my favorite is uh dr zarkov is my favorite actor Mm, mm -hmm. no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding (laughs) i'm like this is gonna be a running Um, thing you're just gonna pick zarkov every time well, we can. Well, this is a now uh, Zarkov fan cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're now, <laughs> the, you know how last time I said that the movie would be like a little bit better if it was a little bit tighter? Yeah. I found a character I can cut. Anyone but Zarkov. Anyone but Zarkov. <laughs> Anyone but Zarkov. ABC, ABC, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite actor, uh, there's so many good ones. One performance I really love this time was I don't even think he was named the ruler of oh he might have been named the ruler of the planet that Emperor Ming demands tribute from oh and the and the man says we can't pay because you know when you attacked us you destroyed all our wealth so we can't pay you this year because our people have nothing we just offer you our loyalty we only have our loyalty and Ming says very well Fall on your sword. Um, and and with, so, without him doing what he does, because like he goes to the front of the room, he pulls out his sword, aims at his torso, and then he says, let this be an example. Uh, and he turns around and shouts death to Ming. Without that, as like a oh shit moment, do you think people would have been as eager to follow Flash? It certainly, yeah. Like it certainly uh, kicks off the entire theme of the movie. And I don't even know who the actor was who played him, but kind of love their performance. Yeah, it's kind of like really great stoic, job. sad. I was like, "There's depth. There's layers." Yeah, he does a he does a great job. He was a prince. I don't remember what the prince's name was though, because I did. I also saw. I also like. I didn't write it down because again, my hands were wet. Uh, but I did. Uh, <laughs> I did take. I, I, did, I was like, "Oh, that was very cool," and I did. I really liked that scene. I gotta. Um, maybe next time I'm gonna watch from watch from my bathtub. Do it. Sounds really nice. It is. It's very nice. Get a couple candles going, and that soundtrack acts as the ambient spa music, anyways. Except for the times mm. where it pumps up and you hear flash. Uh, but other than that, <sighs> I was. I will say, my. Did you say your uh, worst actor? I don't think I have. I'm not even sure if I can uh, say one. Uh, my worst actor uh, is the guy. Who first sticks his hand in the stump, um, and then pulls it out? And he's like, "Ah, kill uh, me! Don't let the madness take me." The, uh, and I'm like, "Man, they this this kid this they just really picked up. Uh, they really just uh, picked the first guy who auditioned, didn't they?" He stands so close to the chief when he says, "I'm ready to take the test of manhood." He is so close that he has to lean his torso back. Uh, and his head is pulled back. He's like, I'm ready for the test of manhood. 
and it's this is definitely like this a son of a director you know or this is definitely the son of a producer yeah yeah he's he's there for one reason and that is nepotism uh Mm. i was when i when i started watching the movie i was determined that no matter how uncomfortable the bath got i was going to stay in it until the end because this is a two-hour movie and no matter how relaxing that is um, there comes to a point where you hit a peak and you need to get out because either the water's too cold or the tub is too crampy, right? And that is, I, I realized, it, it, it might have been the way I was watching the movie, but I hit a point where I was like, okay, I'm uncomfortable and I want to leave. And it's around the same time the movie starts to get boring for me. Uh, and it's kind of consistent, and I'm dreading future watches a little bit when I get to this point again, because right around what's supposed to be the big climactic battle that's supposed to be exciting, that's really dull and drags for a while, for for my experience anyways. Um, like when Flash leads the Hawkmen into battle and you hear the trumpets, and all that, and they start to attack the ship and get the ship under the control to fly towards Ming. That is the most boring part of the movie. And if you're only watching the film once, it's not a problem. Um, but it's it's I, I feel like it's gonna be. I gotta say that Hawkman attack, like the pacing, it's very rough. It's so slow. Mm-hmm. Um, there, uh, Volcan, Voltan, Voltan. I, I don't know why I can't remember his name. Voltan. Uh, there's some nice shots of Voltan, like just pushing guards off the side of the yeah <laughs> off the side of the ship to their death, but that part does kind of take forever. Mm-hmm. And then you and then when it starts to pick up again for me is like right when Flash is sitting in the pilot seat and Voltan's trying to get him out and he's like I'll carry you, uh, and he's like rational transaction, one life for many. And then he flies mm. into the thing. I'm like, okay, now it's starting to pick up again. Here we go. But then the movie's over. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Then the movie ends like 45 seconds later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's um, a, it's a it's a bit of a bummer to end on that uh, uh, for the movie. But up until that point, everything is just bangers. I feel. Uh, a quick aside, uh, Lorenzo, get this. Uh, when Lorenzo, when Lorenzo was 19 years old, uh, he was a volunteer ambulance driver in Libya. Interesting. Is this during World War II? Yeah, this is during World War II. This guy got a um, medal for bravery in World War II. Wow. This dude's way cooler than us. <laughs> Imagine getting a medal for bravery and then writing Flash Gordon and Batman. Man. Holy shit. Legend. Wow. I will never I, I apologize for every bad thing I've ever said about this film. <laughs> I take it all back. I'm in awe. That is uh that is quite a storied history. He was wounded in action. Oh my god. Sorry, I'm just on this is Lorenzo talk. To get back to your point. I do think that final battle really drags. I think if I had to cut something from this movie, it would probably be there. Yeah. You know, we could trim it up a bit. You don't need to, we could t- to tell deliberately four squads to dive. Dive. <laughs> as much as I love those deliveries, that happens four times. Dive. You know what we do? We just go, we, go, we, we throw the film into Premiere Pro. We just go, we go speed duration. We just crank that thing up to 110%. <laughs> you fix that in. Yeah. You fix 
It's not even. It's not even that much. Yeah. Just a little bit. You know, makes the action a little cleaner. Mm-hmm. Speaking of action, I love old movies where like the biggest violence they commit is like the back thump. Yeah. Like whenever somebody's fighting, and I push you over, and I thump your back. And then I'm. And then you are not. unconscious. Yeah, or dead. Yeah. Or Flash Gordon rolls through like a group of guards, and then they all just like collapse like they're dead. Mm-hmm. I love old old movie fighting. It's so much more exciting now. You gotta, you know, John Wick's gotta, you know, blow. He, he, John Wick's gotta walk up to somebody. He's gotta blow six holes in their head. He takes out the knife. You know, a little bit of dynamite. Boom, boom, boom. You know. Yeah. If there's one thing I hear about people who watch the John Wick movies is that they think the action is just too boring. There's <laughs> <laughs> too much. Yeah, it's just too much of it. Give me, give me some back thumps. <laughs> Should we should we should we wrap this? Yeah, we're uh, I think we're ready to go on this one. We've reached the consensus that at least for this last viewing we had, this movie is Zarkov's film. He stole it. This is uh, it belongs to him, and uh, he earned it after his lifetime of service. And honestly, it was Lorenzo's film because he also earned it. Lorenzo, much like uh, Doctor Zarkov, is an absolute hero, visionary incredible we love you we salute you uh alexander before we leave we have to of course give our um our rating out of 100 our one sentence justification and Mm -hmm. additionally i'd like out of you a little bit of a preview of uh, what you think next week is going to be like um i'm gonna i'm gonna say my uh out of 100 review this time around uh it's not uh incredibly interesting based on my last one but I'm going to increase it to an 89, not 90, because of slow fight at the end. Hmm. Fair, fair. Uh, and my preview into next week, thinking that number might go down if I have to watch it again. Um, just because... Ooh, I, interesting. I, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to go into it with any like pre-established um, biases or anything like that. Clean slate every week. But it's just, I could already tell that that last 20 minutes of the film, it took a while for me to get through this time. But I won't watch it Mm. in a cold bath Mm. at the end of it anyways. So maybe that'll make a difference. (laughs) (laughs) You let your situation influence your score. I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, What about yourself? that's the way it is. Uh, I gotta say, uh, 95, no, 96 out of 100. Um. My only complaint is not enough Zarkov. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could use more Zarkov. I think uh, in the future there's going to be. I'm going to make a cut. Just Zarkov, no Flash, no Dale. Um, you have to take all of his deleted scenes as well. And we're going to have to unearth those deleted scenes. And my prediction for next week, for me, I understand it's going to grate on you a little bit, but I think I'm in the honeymoon phase. I think. I'm seduced by this film. I think I'm I'm enamored. Uh, I think I'm gonna fall deeper in love. You know, I'm head over heels. I got I got the rose I got the rose petal glasses on, colored glasses on. <laughs> rose petal glasses. <laughs> yeah, you know. I got the rosy cheeks on. I think it's gonna be perfect. I think I think next week's gonna be 100. Well, we will find out, I suppose. Um, bit of housekeeping. Uh, thank you so much, Dwight, for the use of our theme song, Party for One. 
Uh, it's an incredible song. Check out their stuff on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, there'll be links in the podcast description as well, so be sure to check them out. This has been Flashed, a Flash Gordon fan cast. I'm Alexander Peters. I'm Caleb Dirksen. And uh, as always, we will see you next week. We love you, fans. We love you. Hail Ming. Hail Ming. Hail Ming.